MailChimp presents. Clusters aren't always a bad thing. Like a cluster of stars in the night sky, or those crunchy little clusters in your cereal. But you know what's never good? A clustomer. A clustomer is what happens when marketers group customers with very different behaviors into one big messy audience. Like when someone receives a new customer coupon code, but they're already an existing customer. Intuit MailChimp can help. They offer email marketing personalization tools that help marketers send product recommendations and discounts based on behavior data, turning your customers back into the unique customers that they are. Intuit MailChimp, the number one email marketing and automations brand. Based on competitor brands' publicly available data on worldwide number of customers in 2021 and 2022. This is Listening, a podcast where we ask musicians to keep a sonic diary, transforming the sounds around them into a musical portrait of a particular moment and place. In each episode, we'll try on the ears of a different musician to find out how they listen. It's hard to force something and make it feel natural or right. That certainly goes for writing a song or performing. (laughs) And what their world sounds like. Lindsay, what would you like for lunch today? Oh, you are. Okay. What is school lunch? I'm Elia Einhorn. I'm a musician, radio host, and DJ. And as curator for listening, I have the great privilege of bringing you insights from some of the most exciting minds in music, like Bjork, Emdu Mokhtar, Vagabond, and today's guest, His Golden Messenger. I've had such a beautiful existence with music. Even take away me making music, just as a listener. I've had like such a deep and educational relationship to music and I'm, I'm so thankful it saved my life so many times. His Golden Messenger is the nom de plume of Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter M.C. Taylor. He's been making music for almost three decades, pursuing a thread of transcendence through a spectrum of Americana, folk, and rock and roll. Ever the prolific artist, last year M.C. released two winter holiday albums, as well as the His Golden Messenger record quietly blowing it. In this episode, we'll hear how MC finds meaning in the little moments of life and how he shares his music obsession with his family. Then, we'll spend a typical day at home with MC via his composition and meet up afterward to discuss. M.C. Taylor, thank you for speaking with me today. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Before we discuss your piece, I'd love to talk about the act of listening. Can you recall a moment, maybe from childhood, when you first became aware of sound? Hmm. I spent a lot of time listening to music as a kid, starting at age eight. And my dad also played guitar around the house quite a bit. He's a guitar player and singer. 
And I think both of those activities, both listening to my dad play and sing and listening to records, either with my family or by myself, kind of opened up a, a universe of listening that I realized even at that time was, was pretty vast and boundless. What role do you think listening plays in your art? I've often thought about this very crucial time in my life about maybe 12 years ago when I was making music, but just for myself. Right before I made Bad Debt, I was working as a folklorist for the state of North Carolina. And what they had me doing was going out into very rural areas in the eastern part of the state and just interviewing mostly musicians so I was talking to people that were engaged in some form of creation, people that were engaged in everyday things that, that were kind of an art form in themselves. Music is an obvious one, but sometimes I might be talking to like a, a quilter or somebody that made a very particular type of regional food or a lowrider car club. So all of these things that were just part of the day-to-day -day of people's lives but had been elevated in some way because of the importance that they had bestowed upon these activities. And, and at that point in my life, it was very important that I be a good listener, right? Because all of these different groups of people were speaking about things that they knew very, very well and the language that they would use would be quite nuanced. And I, I really had to be a sensitive listener. And I knew even at the time that that was, I was very thankful to be developing that skill. And I, I feel like that somehow transferred into the way that I make music. And I'd be hard pressed to explain exactly how, but I don't know that I would have made a record like Bad Debt without having spent so much time just listening to the way people exist in the world. You were talking just a moment ago about being eight years old and hearing your dad play guitar. If you could go back in time and tell your eight-year-old self one thing about listening, what would it be? I, I don't know that I would want to tell myself anything <laughs> because my path has been such a long and circuitous one, just as a human, but also as a musician. And it's been so beautiful. There have certainly been moments, periods in my life when I felt confused or lost or unsure or unclear about what my life in music or what my relationship to music was supposed to look or feel like. But I've had such a, a beautiful existence with music. Even take away me making music, just as a music listener, I've had like such a deep and educational relationship to music and I'm, I'm so thankful for music it's saved my life so many times and and part of that I think has been me just wandering around in the dark looking for things with no clear direction 
and ending up stumbling into some really charged places with music, both as someone that makes it and someone that listens to it and collects it and digs in dusty record bins. And the act of actually making music in front of people or with friends or by myself, the act of listening to music, I mean, that is as close as I can get to God, I think. You know, that feeling when you're fully present and your whole body feels infused with inspiration. I feel like that's what people are talking about when they talk about God. To that end, what do you feel like you've learned in pursuit of your craft that's affected the way you listen in your daily life when you're away from the guitar, maybe? I think one thing is you can't really force things. It's hard to force something and make it feel natural or right. That certainly goes for writing a song or or performing. <laughs> and I know only because I've tried to force things, I've tried to force an outcome many, many times in my life, and I will continue to try <laughs> to force things. Um, so it's like this, it's this really beautiful lesson that I keep on having to learn. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are some sounds that you adore? Are we talking music or just any sound? I'd be curious to hear outside of music. On the rare occasion when I wake up later than everybody in my house, I love to hear just the sound of activity in the house, whether it's someone walking down the hall or my kids messing with each other or my wife grinding coffee. All of that stuff I find as like really, you know, it's part of the tapestry of my life. With all that in mind, let's take a listen to your composition, Ceremony. Hey, sweetie. Good morning. Breakfast is ready. What would you like for lunch today? Oh, you are. Okay. What is school lunch?
last day of school before Thanksgiving. What are you making for Thanksgiving? Consider baked mac and cheese a uh, vegetable. Mm. Why? People do. Is it? No. Why do they think that? So that they can eat more of it. <laughs> oh. Okay, my dear.
Oh, well, it looks really cool anyway. How was your day? Pretty good. What, what was exciting about the day? Thank you so much for this beautiful piece, man. Sure. When did you create it? I think I was making those recordings between myself and my daughter, Ioni, the last week prior to Thanksgiving. Really just as we exist with each other over the course of a day, like in the morning when I wake her up and get her breakfast and we get ready to go to school and then I take her to school, drop her off and then there's a gap kind of in the middle that is, I was thinking of as like, this is the time of day when everyone is out of the house and I'm kind of working. And then it sort of ends with me picking her up. She didn't know that I was recording and she would probably be kind of annoyed. It, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to... I'm going to hope that she'll be glad to have this piece when she's older. How old is she now, MC? She's eight. Oh. Yeah. I'm curious about the title, which is Ceremony. What's behind that? I think that we all engage in a certain type of everyday ceremony any time that we are sort of following a pathway that we've worn in our lives, you know? So one type of ceremony, I think, is sort of a big, beautiful event. Another type of ceremony is are these little ceremonies that we perform or participate in every day that we might not even think of as ceremonies. Mm -hmm. There's something in this piece about maybe the sacred and about the everyday and the intertwining of the two. It's hard to define what, what sacred is, although maybe it has something to do with being in the presence of a power that is beyond us, something that infuses our lives with, with all types of complex emotions, including joy and, and hope. I feel like I'm in the presence of that type of spirit when I'm around my kids because I'm so full of, of love for them. And it kind of goes back to what, what we were, you know, my concept of God, which is being in the presence of this, this great moving spirit. And it, it's something that happens with music with me too. Like in those moments when I'm totally lost in music, that's, that's what I feel like I'm in the presence of. And, and you know, like my whole house is a space for that type of movement. 
Good morning. Breakfast is ready. I don't go to church, and I'm not a believer, really, if that makes sense. But I do believe that we can tap into something, something higher. Lindsay, what would you like for lunch today? There you are. It was really important to record this music in my house. So what you're hearing is sounds of my house. Like the piano mm. is the piano in my living room. All the guitars were recorded right in here where you're seeing me. This little guitar figure, we'll call it, that I'm playing, is not, it's not a song really. It's like a soundtrack, you know what I mean? And I was looking for something that felt gentle and a little bit bittersweet, maybe. I have a lot of pieces of music like this that don't ever end up on Hiss records. They're just kind of like musical exercises. It's kind of like doing musical exercises that help me figure out how to, how to conjure certain emotions. And I just wanted to allow myself just to kind of sink into making a track like this that might not end up on a record, but kind of was a really beautiful soundtrack for the for the recordings of my daughter and I. Let's hear this. My favorite part is coming up. <laughs> that one. My daughter has taken to saying Jesus Christ as a as an exclamation. <laughs> what are you making for Thanksgiving? consider baked mac and cheese a uh, vegetable? Mm. Why? People do. Is it? No. Why do they think that? So that they can eat more of it. <laughs> oh. Okay, my dear. Do you consider baked mac and cheese a vegetable? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I have heard people trying to put baked mac and cheese in the vegetable <laughs> category, but I can see right through that. I mean, even my daughter doesn't buy it. We have a million of those moments every day. They're so, they're so unremarkable, but the second that you record them and use them for another purpose, it reminds you how beautiful they are. You know what I mean? Like, I think making this piece was just another great reminder about all of the little moments that we have together that end up making a life.
and we hear some bells. Some of the bells are backwards. It's a bell that we have hanging on our, our porch outside off the back of our house that my wife and I bought in Maine many, many years ago, probably 15 years ago. By no means am I a harmonica player. There's a loneliness to the harmonica. Here in Durham, we have a railroad that runs right through the center of town, sometimes in the middle of the night, and it blows its whistle. So like, anytime I hear a harmonica, it makes me think of that train whistle. There, my daughter's telling me how dramatic I am. There's something really meditative about a couple of these repetitive guitar figures. Yeah, I didn't want the music to demand too much. <laughs> Normally I am trying to create music that is asking you for something. This, not so much. This is kind of like, I keep saying it, but it's really just kind of a soundtrack to, to my home. After a couple extremely chaotic years, we're still hanging in. been a touring musician now for so many years, MC. What's it like being home? How was your day? It's, it's really lovely. I mean, right prior to the pandemic starting, I was really fried and I was, I was ready for a break. Mm. I had even canceled some touring because I was, I just felt like I needed to be home. And, um, I feel like over the past couple of years, I have sort of recalibrated. You know, I have a different perspective on what I do and what it requires of me. And the fact is, I love traveling and I love playing music. What I do for a living and what I do to be a human takes me away from home. And that's a, that is, something for which there is no answer right now. And I've learned to hold the, the homesickness and the guilt about being gone. I've learned to hold those two things with the joy of getting to do this thing that I love doing. There's just no other way to do it. You just got to hold them, hold them all at the same time. Maybe this is wishful thinking, but I hope, I hope that my kids can see what I do, see how obsessed I am with it, see how deep my relationship is with music and realize that it's 
pretty singular. Not everyone gets to have that relationship with the thing that they do. I hope they get to see that, or I hope that someday it occurs to them that what I was doing when they were kids was hard, but also really special. I'm Elia Einhorn, and this is Listening. To ride along with His Golden Messenger again, head over to the companion to this episode, titled Ceremony. On the next episode, Bjork. Hearing would give me, like, goosebumps. I just thought this was the best thing ever. I was just, like, in heaven. If I fell for something, it was always because it had, like, a good sound. Listening is an original series from MailChimp, made in partnership with TalkHouse and 3DB. Thanks for tuning in. MailChimp presents... 